the Ethereum Society proudly presents this series of podcasts in tribute to the 50th anniversary of the giving of the 12 blessings. The following podcast is on the 12th blessing. Blessed is the Absolute. This podcast was recorded in front of a live audience at the European headquarters of the Ethereum Society in London, England. The co-hosts were the Right Reverend Dr. Richard Lawrence and the Reverend Brian Kniep. And welcome to the 12th edition of our series of podcasts on the 12 blessings. This is the, the final podcast of this series, and we really look forward to learning as much as we can about the absolute in this wonderful podcast. My name is Brian Kniep. I am the Executive Secretary of the American Headquarters of the Ethereum Society, and once again, um, I'd like to uh, introduce and welcome my co-host today, which is the Right Reverend Dr. Richard Lawrence, who is the Executive Secretary of the European Headquarters. Welcome. Thank you, Brian. Thank you very much. And may I welcome the Reverend Brian Kniep to our wonderful place here at Ethereus House in London and the very hall, a sacred temple, uh, more sacred than many a cathedral and church around this world, no matter how old they are, because in this very place, the 12 blessings was delivered. And the Master Jesus delivered these through his eminence, Sir George King, primary terrestrial mental channel, in the exact spot where Brian and I are privileged to be seated right now. And there is a plaque just behind us, which says, in this place, between the 27th of July and the 12th of October, 1958, the Twelve Blessings, the cosmic concept for a new age, were given to mankind by the Master Jesus in his overshadowing of the Master known to Earth as George King. Another thing happened on this occasion, on the 12th of October 1958, in that 53 Holy Crosses were charged here for the 53 attenders who'd been every week to every one of these blessings, every Sunday, since July the 27th. And these were charged by the Master Jesus through uh, his eminence. And we actually have in, in our care here six of these 53 Holy Crosses, which have been handed back by the, those, their owners at some point. And today I'm very pleased to say that one of those crosses is actually on the very table at which Brian and I are now seated, uh, imbuing this recording of this podcast. In fact, if you'd... Um you out there in podcast land, if you'd like to have a, a look at that cross, we'll have a photograph of this uh, wonderful cross uh, posted on our website, which is www.ethereus.org, which is also, by the way, where you can get the other 11 editions of this series of podcasts to download and listen to yourself. Now, as I mentioned um, in previous podcasts, also commemorating the 50th anniversary of the 12 Blessings, as well as these podcasts, we are offering for sale 
a CD album of all 12 of the transmissions given by the Master Jesus through His Eminence Sir George King, making the 12 blessings. And these are uh, digitally remastered. Um, they've been cleaned up quite nicely. We've kept the original timing and spacing as they were delivered, and they are extremely powerful, and you can make available to yourself the, the great energies and feeling and power of the voice of the Master Jesus. And so I would encourage you, if you don't already have these CDs, to uh, go to the website or a local group or center and uh, purchase them. Yes, I, I would like to endorse that. I would strongly recommend everybody to have this fantastic CD album, which is being brought out, especially this year, to mark the 50th anniversary, because you get the not just the words, but you get the vibrations, the feeling, the emphasis, the intonation that the Master Jesus chose to give his every word. And there are also other cosmic masters on this CD album. Another just uh, point is those who have heard, and I'm sure many people have, have heard the blessings at a center or headquarters, Mm -hmm. because we play them every Sunday service, um, you'll hear a fairly shortened version of uh, each blessing, and which is ideal to to join in when you wish to join in. But it was it was at a, at a, during a lecture that I gave here some years ago uh, when we were talking about the archival project, mm-hmm. where somebody in the audience mentioned uh, that she hoped that when we finally released these blessings, that we would also have the blessings as they originally were. In other words, the timing as they originally were. Mm -hmm. And she said so because she found, this lady, that she was able to get some of her greatest inspirations and greatest intuitions while listening to the Twelve Blessings during the spaces, during the pauses. And so that's another reason, I think, to, to get this CD album to dive even deeper into the 12 blessings through the through the pauses. Version. Absolutely, and of course on the album you'll have both versions. Both versions. You'll have the Correct. version that you can use in your regular services and the original version as well. So it's the first time we've ever done that, is released both versions in one album. And I should mention as well another album which is available, which is incredibly uh, fascinating and profound, are the lectures that His Eminence gave on each of these blessings. And really no one would be as qualified as himself to explain the inner mystical meanings of this fantastic teaching in the Twelve Blessings. So I strongly recommend that album too, which is also available to mark our anniversary. Well, um, as we've started many of the podcasts, I would recommend that we we start uh, this one with the heading. Listen to the Master Jesus pronounce the heading of this 12th blessing. So I'd like to ask everyone to to get ready, as we have been doing each of the 11 podcasts. So let's close our eyes. Slow the breathing. Put the hands downwards upon the knees. Fingers outstretched. Spine erect, shoulders relaxed, feet flat on the floor. And once again, bring the mind into the now. 
and bring into your mind peace. Let that wonderful quality of peace flow through you and around you and into you. All-pervading peace. And feel how very fortunate we are to know these great blessings. And also, let's think of our responsibility to perform these blessings, to help share this peace, share this wisdom with those upon our world. And for now, let's raise our hands, prepare to send out a wave of love and light as we tune in for the Master Jesus as he gives the heading to the twelfth blessing. Blessed is the Absolute. Well, it's very hard to go on from there, isn't it? Yes, there's nowhere to go from there, other than to say it's very interesting that the Master Jesus chose to use that term, the Absolute. To remember, this is the climax of the Twelve Blessings, and we've been through all the other eleven, and each one of them getting even more amazing and revealing as we've gone. And here he's chosen to use that term, the Absolute. And if we refer back to the eighth blessing, the mighty son, after the giving of that, the Master Jesus stated, for this is the God of your Bible. It is the Brahma of, your, of the Hindu scripts. This is the nearest thing to God in your concept of manifestation. And that was a reference to the son. Now we're moving as far as it's possible to move, and even further than that, into this realm of the absolute and I think it's uh, it says it all, really. That one word, the absolute. Mm. There's nothing. There's nothing more. No. Perhaps we should go straight in and hear what His Eminence has to say with our first extract. I think that's an excellent idea. Let's um, listen because he, our master, gives a, a wonderful description of some of the words contained within this. This blessing. Steve? Blessed is the Absolute in all its terrible glory. The glory of the Absolute is so appalling as to be terrible. Its terrible glory. What else can you call it but an it? You can't call it a him or a her. It's an it. It's terrible glory. Very descriptive phrase, this. Terrible in all its silent immobility. Silent immobility, that's the essence of it. In all its ever-moving manifestation, that's another part of it. The fact that it is in manifestation. It is the supreme lords of creation, the lords of karma, the Herr Hitlers, 
the Himmlers, the Stalins, the Communists, the Red Chinese, the Americans and all other things. The greatest evil in the lowest astral realms in, all the, in any world and the greatest good in, the, in all the worlds. Let's not kid ourselves and be afraid of this God, shall we? The theologian has been frightened of God for 2,000 years, so much so that he's brought a myth of hell into being. Or put it this way, he's accepted the myth of hell. Do you know how this first came to the earth? Do you really want to know? Yes. I'll tell you. You won't see it written in a book. It isn't written because it hasn't yet been the time for it to be written. But I'll tell you how it really happened. I had the information from a person from the planet Mars. One night I had a, a contact with him on Putney Common. Well, it appears that prior to the fall of Atlantis, a team of black magicians wanted to gain great power. They already had great power, but they wanted greater power. And they heard that within the earth was a certain element, a name I won't mention. And this element, if used in a certain way, if they could control its power, would give to them even a greater power than they had because, you know, they were power-minded. And it is possible for those who are evil to get really power-struck. So they learned about this element and learned all the mantras necessary to control it. And they made a journey down into the earth in order to contact this element and gain its... For instance, one thing it does is to give, give youth. You can live for a thousand years or so and that type of thing. To gain, it gives you a control over matter and, and decomposition. So they made a journey down into the earth in order to do this. Now they had complete control over this element which is virtually the lifeblood of the planet itself as an entity. One thing they didn't realize was that they knew, for instance, that the element was closely associated too with the moon, and the moon had effect on it and it on the moon. But one thing they did not know was this, that about every 30 days or something like that of its cycle, the moon gives a little rock and during that period of that tiny little rock, or as, as the Martian said, a perturbation, during that movement, the action of this element is greatly excited for a number of hours. It was then that they were killed. They could control it in its normal sense, but in its excited sense, bingo, it destroyed their physical bodies. Now they had a grave virtually which they'd prepared for themselves because they could not uh, get away from their position and they were locked in. Even though they were released, they were still locked in. They, they'd made themselves an impregnable fortress for which to work their magic and even when they were released from the physical body, when their bodies were, were burnt up with this power, with this radiation, they couldn't get out. And... One or two white magicians heard of their polite, made a journey to this particular place and gradually released them. It is from that that the whole myths of hell down in the earth have arisen. You see, the dark ones were caught in the earth. Now, 
where they smoked this fire. And this is the real truth of it. Right throughout the ages, the, the thing has been passed on and on and on and on from word to mouth through a cult group, theological group and so on until we get burning hells and devils and torment and all the rest of this nonsense. Well, the hells do exist, but number one, they're not down in the earth, far from it. It's beautiful down there. And number two, they're in the, they are states of mind. They are in the lower astral realms, but are states of mind. And there's no uh, uh, devils and fire and all this business. In fact, there's very little light down there. So that's how it all started. I suppose the Martian who told me, I suppose he'd, he was alive on Mars when that happened some 200, 300,000 years ago. Now, where else are we going to get information like that? That is a, an incredible revelation, isn't it? And that's, that's the kind of thing that you do get on the, uh, the album, Absolutely. on the uh, lectures. And it strips away quite a dangerous delusion, really, because the holiest ground or the holiest object that we will ever touch is the Mother Earth. So this idea that beneath her surface is hell mm. is a diabolical idea. It is. A very damaging I think about one. it. Yeah. yeah. But another thing I think that, that comes through uh, when you start to look at the Twelfth Blessing, and it reminds me of something His Eminence said many years ago, that with all great truth there are opposite poles, there are paradoxes. And at the intersecting point between those opposites, truth is found. And you find throughout the, the Twelfth Blessings, in, in, in the extract that uh, the Master just spoke about there as an example, apparently opposite statements which are pointing to this great truth. For example, you have the fact that it is ever-moving manifestation, in all its ever-moving manifestation. The sentence before you have in, its, in all its silent immobility. So you have both those things. And, of course, this causes a deeper... It's designed to cause a deeper consciousness, a deeper concentration, a deeper contemplation on the real meaning in this wonderful blessing. Now, this might be uh, a bit off track here. I'm sure it won't but, be. Um, sure it won't be. For the benefit of those non-English people who may be listening to the podcast, what is Putney Common? Common what? Is it? A, a common is a piece of ground. We may have someone in, the, in this studio audience who knows the origin of the word common, but I think it's because it was commonly held. It's commonly held property, commonly owned, if you like. It's a lot like people. a park. For it's not pri- like a park, yes. And Putney Common is not very far from where we're seated now, just a few miles. And, in fact, uh, it's, a, it's an area that the master always used to, to visit. I mean, when he used to come over here, when I was uh, here in the 70s and 80s, I used to often take him to Putney Common for a walk. Right. And he's had some extraordinary experiences there on his own in the early days, uh, because in this in in a town like London, it's hard to find an area which is green and free of people and where you might have a mystical experience. Right. Having said that, he also had great Kundalini experiences in the early days in a place called Waterloo, where we have one of our biggest railway stations. So <laughs> they can they can be had anywhere. Interesting. I thought I'd get that out for the yes, absolutely, yes. 
And uh, may I say that uh, all those n people uh, listening to this are very, very much invited to come and visit us here. Uh, and if they are ever in, in England and in London, we will show you the place where we're seated now and where the Twelve Blessings was delivered. And Putney Common. And if you want, we can get you to Putney Common. Uh, it's, it's quite a good... Uh, it's a good thing to do to come to uh, a place where such a mystical happening took place. Mm -hmm. And it... it uh, you know, in different religions, I know the Muslim religion, for example, they have a, they recommend at least once in your lifetime you go to, I think it's Mecca. Yes, And, yes. Uh, you know, it, it probably would be a good thing uh, at the very minimum for a once in, in a lifetime of a member of the Ethereum Society would be to make it to uh, London, where Absolutely. basically it all started. I think so, and I also think, if I may say, to Los Angeles, where the master spent so much time. Yeah. I think this is all part of something that uh, we're all trying to bring about uh, within the Ethereum Society, increasingly this attitude of it being one society. Absolutely. And wherever we are, we're all part of that one society, even Definitely. on the other realms too. Yeah, I'm sorry, especially on the other realms too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Before I get into trouble. Then. Well, that might be a good time to read out uh, another one of these statements yes. uh, by the Master Jesus about the Absolute, and that is... Blessed is the Absolute in all the wondrous glory of its manifestation. Mm -hmm. And that really, it's just another example of how he gets, he's trying to get across the idea that everything is one, everything is, is God, everything is the Absolute, mm. and it is indeed wondrous. Absolutely. You know? And uh, it's good to remember that we, we often, in this, in this era or this time on this realm of we're, we're so much lost in the idea of opposites, of good and bad, of, of fun and no fun, and, and all this. It's good to remember that everything, all experience, uh, is, is wondrous. Yes. Mm. And it's amazing how much the new discoveries in astronomy and the new discoveries in science are all pointing to the, the wonder of manifestation. And uh, there are many of th those who've researched into this area, and you know more about this is than I do. Is that a cue do. for me here? No, but what I was going to say is who have actually turned to spirituality, some of these. Some, oh, that's very true. Yes. Because they've been just so amazed at the yes. perfection, the, the, the laws behind it. Well, I think uh, Albert Einstein, he, he used to say, anyone who can look at the skies and think that uh, there is no God. Must be must be mad. Mm. I paraphrase, yes, you know, yes, loosely yes, granted. Yes. But you know, I remember um, there's this one particular photograph taken by the Hubble uh, satellite, Hubble telescope, mm -hmm. and it's it's a photograph of a very small section of the sky. Uh, I think it's about a half the size of the moon in the sky. So it's like, I think it's about a half a degree. It's a very small part of that huge 360 degree circle that we call the celestial sphere. Mm. And in that one small piece of the sky, they focused um, these, this massive Hubble telescope on for, I think, like 48 hours straight mm -hmm. to bring in as much light and as much uh, detail as possible. Mm. And this one small speck, um, there was this photograph of, of 1,500 specks of light, virtually, and so you might imagine, oh, it's 1,500 stars. That's quite a lot. But no, they weren't 1,500 stars. They were 1,500 galaxies. 1,500 galaxies mm. in this one small section of the sky. Mm. And if you, just, you multiply that times 
hundreds and thousands and thousands of times because those little pieces are all over the sky. Mm. You know, you, you start to realize that the absolute is a big place. Yes, absolutely. The absolute is a very big place and, and working on many dimensions too. Or, and this that's is something right. else science that's, is discovering. That's, right. that's just the physical that you're Exactly, yes. yes. And then moving on to another statement in the, in the Twelve Blessings, referring to the absolute, and this is a beautiful statement, this, in all the unchangeability of its reality. And, of course, there's a great profound meaning there, which is that something which is unchangeable is real because everything else changes. Uh, you know, time changes, movement changes, the mind changes. We're constantly, you know, people will say, well, oh, that seemed like a long time, or that went in a flash. All because of our level of mind at the time. And, you know, if we're perhaps enjoying ourselves, it can go very quickly. Mm. And if we're not, it can seem like ages. It's all measurements of change. Well, yes. Yes, yes, it is. But it's not the other way around. It can probably be the other way around. Um, But where you reach that point where it doesn't change, when there's no force at work to bring change, no movement of any kind, even at a mind level, there you have God. There you have the absolute. There you have reality. Mm -hmm. You know, really, this probably more than any other of the, of the blessings, you can easily just take any one of these sentences and, and, and do virtually years of contemplation on, because mm. um, there's so much uh, depth and so much wisdom that you can uncover behind each one of these sentences. So clearly we're just scraping the, the surface. absolute surface. Here. I mean, I'm reminded of the, uh, the great statement from the Tao Te Ching by Lao Tse, who was a cosmic master, actually, who came to Earth. Uh, much speech leads inevitably to silence because you, you want to stop and contemplate in silence, but it would be rather a dull podcast <laughs> if we did that. Possibly. possibly Might be a bit be, lacking yeah. somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> down that route. Maybe that would be the, the last podcast. Oh, yes. We won't so, even put that one we'll up. We won't put that up. No, yet, okay. so. <laughs> right. Well, perhaps we should move mm. on to uh, uh, another statement in the, the Twelfth Blessing. And this one is, For this is the beginning and the end, and it is the stage before the beginning and the stage after the end. And again, it's, it's just another beautiful poetic way mm. of describing that which is indescribable. Mm. I mean, how can you have something before the beginning in, in yes. our concept of yes. time? Yes, great. But of course, it's way above time. Yes. It kind of re- reminds one of the, uh, the Hindu philosophy of the great out-breathing and in-breathing, mm-hmm. which, of course, is very loosely uh, connected to the... The, the Big Bang yes, theory. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Where you have um, the, the idea in physics is that there first was nothing, mm-hmm. great potential, sounds familiar, mm-hmm. and then it exploded in this uh, instantaneous explosion, and you have this constant um, expansion of the, of the universe, and uh, they feel that at some point it will get to a place where due to gravitational pull and, and other forces, which they're still working on, all the universe will be coming back together into this one singularity again. And it's like the great out-breathing and the in-breathing. Yes, and you have this this idea of the potential being there. Potential is there, yes. And then, it, then the out-breathing, 
which is the stage after the beginning, mm -hmm. and then you have <coughs> manifestation, the return, and the stage after the end. But the difference being, experience has been gained. Uh, absolutely. And in that wonderful statement yes. from the ninth blessing, you know, we return to the Godhead, as the Master Jesus says, as conscious gods. Brilliant statement. And it says it all, really. I think another silence is coming on here. <laughs> uh, here's another wonderful statement and a very interesting one indeed and one that the Master himself said was absolutely brilliant statement by the Master Jesus here. There is nothing in all the worlds outside of this for this is all in all and all in all that. For this is all in all and all in all that. And what does that mean? That means that this is the absolute, is everything that there is, within everything that there is, and everything that there is in everything that there is, outside of what there is. In other words, that which is not in manifestation. So it's all in all that's in manifestation, and all in all which is not in manifestation. And we're moving on to a greater concept there of the absolute being even beyond the wondrous glory of its manifestation. And it reminded me, actually, um, of a statement made in one of the most sacred cosmic transmissions that uh, His Eminence ever received, which is called the One Energy, which he received from a cosmic master from the planet Saturn. And this is, other than the Sun, contains the most advanced uh, beings within the solar system, and, of course, following it uh, was also a transmission by Mars Sector 6. But this Lord of Saturn, in the first statement of this transmission, made this statement. Today's dreams can only become tomorrow's manifestation if the dreamer acts in love, for this energy is all in all, and all in all that. And that mm. was delivered on November the 23rd, 1957. So that was delivered... 11 months approximately before this 12th blessing mm. now I have no idea and I'm not qualified to speculate even but it's of course possible it's possible the Master Jesus knew that because that transmission from Saturn we were told was also delivered to others it wasn't just delivered to this earth it was delivered to others in the Milky Way and it's possible the Master Jesus was paying a, de a deliberate uh, reference to that transmission. Well, when you think that the, the Master Jesus was the, the master of love. Absolutely. And, of course, that statement. That's very Dr. true. Dreamer acts in love. Absolutely. So, and what, what master expressed l true love energy mm. more perfectly mm. than the beloved. I think it's one thing to say about the Master Jesus. I mean, just what we know of him, and not necessarily what we're told in certain orthodox circles, but what we know, what we feel, and what we feel about the Master Jesus it's just a wonderful thing to actually know that such a being exists at mm. all because mm. he is a demonstration of, of love energy. And, and then that's just, that is just such the, the beauty too that we were so blessed to have these, these teachings in audio form. Absolutely. Because you, you can just tune into the wonderful, wonderful love vibration uh, within his voice. And um, I would encourage people who, who get the CD album to, as much as you possibly can, listen to it on the best possible stereo system that you can afford. Mm -hmm. Because I know that Dr. King, when he 
was working on recording the transmissions, he went to great extent to procure the, the best microphones, the best tape recorders, and the best speakers to do justice mm-hmm. to um, the, the, the voice of the masters. Mm-hmm. And especially with the Master Jesus, that the more that you're able to do justice to the reproducing of, of that voice, mm-hmm. the better you'll be able to tune in mm-hmm. to this, this great feeling of love. Absolutely. And, and for those who are newer to the Ethereum Society, it's amazing the consistency of the voices through the decades. You can hear a transmission delivered by the Master Ethereus, after whom we're named, of course, from the 1950s, and then hear one from the 1970s, and indeed it is the same voice. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it's, as, as Brian says, the more we can take advantage of that, because we're talking... Uh, during the first podcast about the fact these were delivered 52 years earlier, so they wouldn't have been delivered for still for two more years. We don't know how they would have been delivered. We've never been told how they would, be, would have been delivered. We don't know that they would have been delivered in an audio audible form, for sure. And even if they had been, uh, I would be amazed if it was a medium of the calibre of His Eminence of George King. So we've not only received them early, we've received them in the most wonderful form uh, that we could possibly hope for. And that really, it, 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 just those facts must encourage everyone who, possible to acquire these and use them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's no good having um, great teachings and leaving them on the bookshelf. No. It just is no good at all. Use them, use them, use them, use them, use them. So the next little quote was these two paragraphs. Blessed is the Absolute. Not even the Supreme Lords of all creation could do justice to the picturization of the magnificence of this. For it is the former of the great cause which, coming before potential, these ones can use. That's an amazing statement, I think, mm. and one that could pass us by. I mean, there are many people I'm probably who, who hopefully will hear this podcast who've heard that statement probably dozens and dozens of times and read it, but may not have taken in, because I'm learning new things doing this very oh, podcast today. All the time. The yeah. fact that's actually stated there, coming before potential. So now we're going to the stage, before the stage, before creation. And... This is a very profound statement. These ones can use. Now, the seven, sorry, the the, the supreme lords of creation, which we heard about uh, during the 11th blessing, these are as great as a being could possibly ever be. There could be no greater concept of a being, and yet even they require a cause. And this great cause was given to them, we're told, by the absolute. And it calls to mind something that Mars Sector 6, the karmic lord Mars Sector 6, stated in the Nine Freedoms, in the Seventh Freedom, which I'd like to read to you. And this is about interplanetary existence. Those uh, beings who don't live on this world are not from this world, but are on higher planets, more evolved interplanetary masters. And this is the statement. A great and deep appreciation and realisation of the totality of divine existence 
lives within such a one. He does not pay lip service to anything existent or non-existent, but begins to be a knower, begins to realise the why of existence. And something that um, His Eminence has, has stated is that on this earth, there's nobody who really can understand or know the why of existence. We can understand what happens. We can understand the outbreathing, the purpose of life to gain experience, to go back to God again as conscious gods, as the Master Jesus puts it. But why is something we're told that starts to dawn on an interplanetary being, someone even beyond uh, even a master on this on this world, and it's something that uh, we can only fathom. It's obviously something that has to be realised. The word there is realised. The why of existence. Well, it, it really it illustrates how important the cosmic concept was, uh, and how important it was for His Eminence George King to bring through these teachings at this time. Because mm-hmm. in the past, of course religions and even yogi adepts taught that you could experience everything that you need mm. to go back to God on earth. Mm, true. And, true. And now we, we understand that, no, earth is just one very early beginning stage, very be- beginning uh, classroom, mm-hmm. and then you move on, and then you start to really get into the, the great, great truths behind mm. things. I think this might be a good time to see if there are any questions or anyone wants to raise or points anyone wants to raise about any of the points we've discussed here or indeed about the absolute and the why of existence. Not that we know it. (laughs) Are there any questions at all anybody would like to raise about the absolute? I think we've been um, drawn to a profound silence silence, um, (laughs) on this matter, really. Which is fine. It's probably a good thing. Yes. (laughs) I mean, if there are no questions, then um, we can move on on to another extract from His Eminence Sir George King. It is the I am God spark within man, not the I am George King bit. The I, and yet it is the I am George King, but it is also mainly the I am God, Um Tat Sat. I am that which is the spark, the Brahma chakra, the unmanifested part, the shining part. It is the life within all things, not only the things themselves, but the life within them. And then he goes on to be extremely simple. But this again, don't forget the book is sold to all kinds of people. If it was only going to be, if this thing here was only going out to the more advanced, the whole text would be different, but it isn't. And it's right, too, that the text is as it is. It is, this brings an appreciation, you see, within people. It is the rain. It is the drought. It is the gentle breeze of summertime. It is the mighty wind across the seas. It is the seas. It is the emptiness of space. It is the fullness contained within space. Space is empty. It's so empty that it's absolutely full. 
great paradox. It is the world's. It is ever and forever and forever. It is infinity. And yet it is more than this, for it is behind even these things. This, so adorable children, is the God. This is the God which cannot ever be limited by man or God-man. And then the great verse. This thing. Never heard God referred to in a better way than this. This thing. This all things. One, two, three, four, five words. Five words. And you pick all of a musty old tome like the Holy Bible, look it through and it says the same five words and takes half a million words maybe to say them. And it's the same with all the books. They only say that. That's all. This all things. They only say that God is all things. And if they don't, burn them. But it's put here fantastically simply to make people think and appreciate and grow. That's what it's for. To make you grow. So much one could say. I think one of the things one, one, one we should say really is, is what a, an incredible teacher His Eminence of George King is because he, he doesn't mince words <laughs> and you know exactly where you stand with him. You don't have to guess. He's not hinting at something. He tells it you and he tells it you full on in an extremely direct manner which has an impact, of course, on, on you as a student. Because it breaks, helps you, if you accept it, and it's up to you whether you do, to break down the barriers that we all have, if we're honest. We all have a lower self, and we all have barriers to great truths. And Dr. King, as a teacher, I think, more than any other that I know of, really breaks those, helps us to break down those barriers with his direct approach. He doesn't hide behind flowery or Not complicated academic language. He Not just... in the slightest. <laughs> drills right down and uh, yes. and you, you know ex you know exactly what he's talking about yes. you may not like it oh no 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 and and, you know. and I, I think that's an important point you make there because if you do find and particularly if you're new to us and you found anything in these podcasts perhaps slightly disturbing to you that's a good sign by the way that's not a bad sign that's a good sign a great truth should disturb it should enlighten. It should fill you at times with great joy. It should fill you at times with great relief. It should fill you at times with uh, perhaps a bit of uh, disturbed conscience. And, and these are all parts of being taught. It means that you are accepting these truths, that you are comprehending them. So don't in any way be put off. Just leave it to your, your contemplations and consider these points. Well, that's a good point. I mean, complacency is not a friend of spiritual growth. Not at all. And, uh, you could do that's a little one we could write down, isn't it? <laughs> complacency is not a friend of spiritual growth. The Reverend Brian Kniep. Oh boy. <laughs> no, but it's true, though. It's you, very it's, true. Uh, it, it, and it's you know you, we're taught in these days on Earth really have a good time and to relax and the more that you relax the better off you are and, and find happiness at all find costs. happiness at all costs yeah. and it, it's just it's just not it's not the way to go and it's not the way for happiness either no actually it's been quite well proved in studies actually that one way not to find happiness is to really seek it 
that's exactly to some right. academic no, studies. Very true. Yeah. But going back to the text there, I mean, starting off with that first sentence, it is the I am within man. I mean, that it really is the best news any of us could ever hear, I think. I don't mm. think there could be any greater thing to know than the fact that within us is that divine source, that divinity, that completely unlimited potential. And, of course, that is the essence of, of many uh, spiritual teachings. And, it, it, you know, people get it wrong, and they've certainly got it wrong, many people, with the Master Jesus by not seeing the great lesson of his life, which is telling us what we could become in the future. It is a, in the future, but we have that potential. But saying, oh, well, he's a great God, and I'll follow him. I can't do that. The whole idea uh, is this wonderful teaching of the I am within man. Well, and, and just, just as important as that is you find out you have to accept that you are God, that, uh, that you are the I, that God is the I am within man. Mm-hmm. And the next step, of course, is to understand it's also in all things. Absolutely. So you treat all things with yes. reverence and love and respect. Yes. And, it's, it's and that is the next idea, is the life within all things, as you yes. say. And then it goes into, I think, another very poetic passage really in the 12th it is the rain it is the drought it is the gentle breeze of summertime it's the mighty wind across the seas uh, bringing about as the master said there in his commentary a sort of a deeper appreciation the emptiness of space the fullness contained within space it's a beautiful apart from anything else piece of writing mm. Mm. or oratory and of course and again we have this idea it is infinity you think right that's as far as you can get mm-hmm, infinity mm-hmm. and then he says and yet it is more than this <laughs> think oh okay i thought i'd got there i just about <laughs> taken that on it is behind even these things and then i think that wonderful thing that the master dwells on this thing mm. uh, and and you know you th- you might think well that's a funny way to talk about god this thing but actually how else can you describe it really mm. This all things is now blessed. Imagine how, how difficult it must have been for the Master Jesus to try and get this concept across to um, us rather thick humans. But he did it in such a, a beautiful, poetic, loving and feeling mm. way that mm. um, as you say it and as you repeat it over the years, it slowly sinks into your consciousness and it's it, it changes you mm-hmm. i think that's what what people have found who have practiced the the 12 blessings that it, it does it changes you definitely it just changes you and it was of course it was at this point then that the master jesus then blessed these 53 crosses he said bring unto me now these crosses and the commentary says here the 53 little wooden crosses were placed upon the table before the gentle master, just as we have one now on this table, before these two fools. <laughs> I, think, I think that's all we could be in the light of that. Mm. He then took a cross from the tray on which they were standing and held it in his right hand high above his head so that all might see. And then he goes on to talk about the symbol of the cross. It is the symbol of resurrection. It is not the symbol of the terrible death depicted by your foolish priests. It is the lasting symbol of resurrection of the spirit of man up to the mighty Godhead through karmic experience. I mean, that comes, brings us right back to what we're talking about, the whole purpose of existence. To go up to the mighty Godhead, to resurrect 
up to the mighty Godhead through karmic experience, the symbol of the cross. Mm. Mm-hmm. And the one thing at that point I wanted to bring up is how exciting it must have been for people to have uh, been to the Twelve Blessings and received one of these crosses blessed by the Master Jesus. I know I would have dearly loved to have been there Mm. and received one, but lest one feel left out. Um, You've got something up your sleeve, haven't you? We do indeed. We we have two holy crosses that have been available for many years, Mm. Holston Down uh, Cross and the um, Mount Talak uh, cross called the uh, Holy Stone uh, from the USA cross and these are crosses with stones from mountains that were blessed by the Master Jesus mm-hmm. through his eminence to George King Yes, and through the, um, the reality of uh, radionics uh, if you have a stone you have a, a radionic connection to that mountain, to that power, and therefore to the energy of the Master Jesus. Mm -hmm. And these are set in beautiful handmade crosses. And so you actually can avail yourself of the energy directly of the Master Jesus. And in fact, three of these uh, 19 mountains charged through his eminence to George King in Operation Starlight. 18 of them were charged. 18, through right, 18 through him, uh, 19 total. And three of them were charged by the Master Jesus. Yes. The two I just mentioned. And in commemoration of the 50th anniversary, we have a new one coming out, uh, which should be out by now. Yes. And that is from Mount Wakefield down in New Zealand. Mm, that's right. And so everyone can acquire these crosses and strengthen their connection to the Master Jesus. And yes, what, what better way to, to do the Twelve Blessings but with a cross? A cross with a stone mm. charged by the Master Jesus himself. And of course, as well as being the 50th anniversary of the Twelve Blessings, uh, this year, 2008, is the 50th anniversary of the start of Operation Starlight, the mission that Brian was referring to there, where these 19 mountains were charged, the first one being Holston Down, of course, on July the 23rd, 1958. Well, I think we should uh, see whether any questions have fulminated, emerged, and formulated. We have one. We have a question. We have a question. It's more like possibly an observation that's been puzzling me for quite a while now. We know, or we are told, that God is perfection, or even above perfection, uh, and God saw fit, or the Absolute saw fit, to bring into being manifestation. And we are part of that manifestation. And what uh, puzzled me for a while is how can something so beautiful, so perfect, uh, fall, or part of it fall, like become something evil like Hitler. And then I, then I realized it, that because within us all there is this God spark, so that a spark of God within us has never fallen, it's just a manifestation of that individual that has fallen. So God, uh, in a way, has never fallen or never became evil. So I'm not sure if you've got any comments on that. That's a good point. That's that is a, a, point, a question yes. a lot of people do have in their mind. Mm. Uh, is uh, Sometimes very, very religious people will feel let down by God yes, because he will. allows, and they, and they think of it as a he, mm. and he allows... Um, so much suffering and evil in the world, mm, mm, and uh, mm. it's a very good, good question. It's a good point, and of course, we come back to that aspect which is not in manifestation, mm. 
and we all have that within us, that link that we have an aspect of that within us. So it's very encouraging, isn't it, to know that all will go back to God. I think there's a statement actually that um, I believe it was the master theorists who made at one time, referring to the evolution of their their cycle on the higher planets than this. They haven't been to the depths that we've been to on this earth. But he said, uh, I think he said, your our iron will be your steel, or or words that effect. Mm. That that we we will, although we've sunk much lower, we have the opportunity to refine it further because we will have to gain further experience. Are there any other questions? Uh, when uh, you say the uh, last the blessing is the culmination of the 12 blessings, uh, what is actually happening when we practice the, uh, the last blessing? Surely we can't help the absolute, uh, and, and you know the absolute doesn't need our energy. What, what's actually happening when during the, the practice? Of, of the uh, prayers, I'm sure we know that very well. Are we? <laughs> <laughs> now I think it's a good point there because it brings back to something you said on the actually the first podcast, which is that we send energy out to higher beings. They don't need it, but it's, a, it's, it's an expression right. of our appreciation. Our thanks of our. It's karmically correct that we do, mm-hmm. and then it will be returned unto us with mm-hmm. their energy. Mm-hmm. And indeed, you know, the, the whole Bhakti Yoga philosophy of devotion to a teacher even, much lower thing than that, uh, who was regarded by the old Bhakti Yogi students as an expression of divinity. It wasn't that the guru actually needed that. It was an opportunity more for the student to express it. And then it enabled the teacher, the guru, to help that student more. Uh, so, yes, you're absolutely right. The absolute doesn't need our energy, but then we do need to express our devotion to the Absolute. It, it's an interesting point, too, because, you know, when you're spending your 30 seconds to two minutes, hopefully, after each of the headings, and, for example, Blessed is the Mighty Sun, you can have a pretty clear mental picture of the sun. Mm-hmm. But it does get a little bit more interesting when you um, have the mental picture for the Absolute. Mm. And so it's, uh, it, it does do very interesting things for rewiring your, your brain and it's it's uh, that's one of the wonderful things about the twelve blessings is you're, you're you're forcing your mind to go through these very uplifting and inspiring mental tasks really. Mm-hmm. And so, what what better thing can you be spending your your time doing but sending a blessing to the absolute? Mm-hmm. It's it's actually I remember there's one question that just came into my mind uh, many many years ago. There was questions and answers that used to come through. Well, St. Guling, uh, we mentioned earlier, was a member of the spiritual hierarchy of Earth who introduced each of the blessings. And every so often he would come through and would answer questions much better than you and I are answering questions. I would know. think. I would think, But yes. one, one question I remember, somebody asked St. Guling, how often should one do the 12 blessings? Remember this question? Yes, I do, yes. And his answer was very simply, 24 hours a day. Yes. Mm-hmm. What other answer could there be? Yes, you couldn't limit it. And so it, it does bring the bring the question when people sometimes don't feel that they can find ten or fifteen minutes a day, and yet you have this great master suggesting that actually twenty four hours a day is a good place to start. <laughs> because he also said you can be painting a wall while you're while Absolutely. you're practicing yes. the twelve blessings. Yes, yes, yes. I think there was another question. Um, 
more a statement. It seems to me remarkable the great humility that we can be here today in the very temple that these 12 blessings were given. But that just a few days before the first blessing, the Master started uh, the operation Starlight at Holston Down, and two such incredible missions happening at the same time shortly after uh, today's blessing 50 years ago, uh, we moved to Brown, he moved to Brown Willie. And it's, it is remarkable, I think, those who have the opportunity, which we're very fortunate to have in England, there's a number of charged mountains that many of us could easily access. The extra power for climbing those mountains, which is not necessarily physically very difficult in a number of cases, and delivering them at these charged, wonderful places. Yeah, that's a very, very good point. And as you rightly say, it was four days from the start of Operation Starlight to that first blessing. Remarkable. We unfortunately have to move on. We're moving on? Uh, We have to, because I think we've covered quite a bit about practicing the 12 blessings. Oh, yes. Anything further you want to add to that? Well, I I do. Uh, One thing I think is important to, to add to it, and that is we also have to put it in context, which which our master did. And despite, I didn't want to, you know, put people off the, the scent, as it were. I mean, that answer was doing 12, 12 lessons 24 hours a day, but His Eminence Sir George King, who was immensely practical, of course, uh, he felt it was even more important, if you possibly can, would be to help the world, say, through the Ethereum Society, for Absolutely. example, yes. um, in service. And yes. uh, sometimes, you know, you, you know, don't don't use the excuse that I have to go home and do the 12 blessings and then not come to a service or give spiritual healing to your next-door neighbor or come into the Ethereum mm-hmm. Society to work, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. I think that's important to be stated. Yes. And, of course, the other thing, as well as practicing it, because the practice of the 12 blessings is really what it's all about, we also have an obligation, which, as we're trying to do, this very day, to spread this news. Mm. We are, we're not an organization, the Ethereum Society, that tries to convert people or persuade them against their will or anything like that. But we have an absolute obligation to spread these teachings. And anyone listening to this who, who practices the 12 blessings, believes in them, uh, and uh, knows that they work in their lives, can share this with others. As it says in the text, actually, Master Jesus says... You will not be popular if you take these my texts into your world. You must be prepared to divorce yourself from popularity in this world as yet. So it's not a question of uh, trying to be popular when we do this necessarily, but it is a question of sharing this fantastically good news that we have been privileged to share with you today and throughout these 12 podcasts of this incredible teaching which now exists on our planet and which anybody can access, anybody can use, anybody can contemplate upon, and we know, Brian and I can vouch for this, as can many hundreds of others, that it will change your life for the better. I'm not going to say everything will suddenly become easier, because you may have tests as well, but certainly it will enhance your life immeasurably, more than we can even know. And we have an obligation to share this as much as we possibly can with as many other people as we can. And in fact, I think we want to close this uh, part of the podcast by actually playing to you now a short extract from a transmission that was delivered six days after this 12th blessing by the karmic lord Mars Sector 6, which bears this point out far better than I've explained it. It was delivered on October the 18th, 1958, 
And this is just a very short extract from it. So why don't we get ourselves prepared just briefly to really take in this, this, this great knowledge. Let's just all just sit up straight once again and relax. And bring into the mind the state of peace. And dwell in the now as we listen to the great wisdom of Mars Sector 6. It is essential at this time that you, disciples, go forward with this, the extended version of the New Age Bible. Note that terror. I spake not the Christian Bible. It is the New Age Bible. It is larger than just one religion. For this Bible, if ye take it to your heart and know it well, contains the wisdom of all religions. You must take this, O disciples, into your world. You must dispense it with your own exposition based upon a carefully prepared, a carefully grown understanding. And you must give these words of God to your earth. There's not really very much to say after that. What I would like to say, though, is um, how fortunate I feel to have been able to speak a little bit about these wonderful blessings, uh, especially here with you on the 1st and the 12th. It was very special in this, in this hall where they were given, within just a few feet, probably, of yeah. when it took, where it took place. And 50 years ago, it was, uh, it was quite quite special, and I hope that we've been able to inspire a few people to either discover the 12 blessings or dig deeper into them, to use them more, to spread some more light around the world, because that's really what it's all about, is spreading light and uplifting our brothers and our sisters. And I just want to thank you, Brian, very much. It's been a real honor for me to do this with yourself and to be involved in these podcasts, which I must say were very much 
the idea of Brian, I think, and he's certainly been um, championing this idea for some while. And it's been a real privilege, and I'd just like to say to all those who've been listening to this and the other podcasts, God bless you all, and we wish you every success with your practice and study of the 12 blessings. Thank you. Thank you for your kind attention. We sincerely hope you enjoyed this podcast. For further information on these podcasts or the Ethereum Society in general, please visit us on the web at www.ethereus.org.